before we even kick off the podcast, I just want to remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Hog Football Podcast. I have got with me today Coach Jeff Steinberg. Coach Steinberg is currently the head football coach at Beaumont High School in Southern California. Uh, before joining Beaumont as the head football coach, he had successful stints at Rancho Verde, Corona Santiago, A.B. Miller, and Ridgecrest Burroughs. He won CIF championships at Rancho Verde and Ridgecrest Burroughs. Uh, he has known for his organization and program building. Uh, he's been successful at five high schools in Southern California, leading them to 18 playoff appearances. Uh, his teams have earned eight league titles, three quarterfinal appearances, four semifinal appearances, and three CIF championship appearances with two titles. Uh, Coach Steinberg has amassed over uh, oh, 172 wins as a head football coach. Before Simon California, served as an assistant football coach at the high school level, junior level, and youth sports level in Canada. Coach Steinberg, pleasure to have you on. How are things going? Great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I love I love your show, man. Of course, of course. Wanted to, you know, I'm, I've been... Uh, I've been on a little bit of a lull with uh, with with episodes, so it's good to get back on and, and talk to a, a coach like you. Um, you know, first question I've got for you: You've ha obviously had a ton of success in in California with 172 wins. Talk to me about how the offensive line played an important role in some of those really really good teams, especially those championship teams. Well, I I, I can say without a doubt, without a doubt, aside from having great chemistry on those years where you know and there were obviously years where we had great chemistry and didn't win it but those years definitely had terrific chemistry on the team aside from that being necessary your o-line has to get you going so i know that in our best years our o-line has been pretty solid very well coached they understand the schemes they work together um and uh, and it and it plays a huge factor in that because Without that success up front, you know, you're not going to protect your quarterback. You're not going to be able to move the chains and, uh, and you're not going to be able to be successful. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it is, that chemistry is so important. It's, it's, I know, I know from my own personal experience, the really good teams we've had uh, and that I've been a part of, it's been, you know, from week one to week, whatever, it's the same group. You don't, you don't have to mix and match and, and, and piece things together and, this guy's not playing well, so we're going to bench him or anything like that. It's been that same same core group of guys that have been that have played for 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 every snap almost, and that's when you get those really successful teams because you get that chemistry, like you said. So yeah, I, I thought that's awesome. And uh, and I think I think that just if I could throw one more thing, it's it's yeah. it's really about like you know we always talk about what a special kind of athlete you need to play that position. They have to be selfless. Um, they were kind of behind behind in the dark uh, as right. so to speak they just don't get enough recognition but they have to get that too they have to embrace that understand that and and embrace it on their own but also it has to almost be like like a mantra um for the group as a whole right and i think when when they're like that then it, you really could have a special year oh 100 i mean it, it is I mean, I know I was an offensive lineman and I've coached it forever. It is a, it is a very selfless position. You're, you're not going to get your name in the paper. You're not going to get the accolades, but you're going to, 
your team and your coaches are going to know what you're doing. Um, and that's where, that's where your respect will come. That's where, that's where the, the, the shine will come a little bit. So that, that's the important part. And the, the guys that understand that are, are the guys that, that buy in 100%. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things I was looking at your, your bio, um, that you, you mentioned was you guys are, and this is something you've done at all of your schools, um, with, with obviously great results, 172 wins, but you are a hurry up, no huddle offensive guy. Um, what, what made you, I mean, I, I'm assuming something had to have made you make that change. What, what was that? And, and how long did it take you guys to really establish that offense as being what you wanted um, and, and beginning to dominate games? Sure. So I think that, you know, my first head job was in 98. I think that by year four, we really hit our stride and, and it, you know, the kids, the kids um, really understood that as part of who we were mm -hmm. um, in the program. And I think it just, it took a few years because, you know, year one, year one, I'm, I'm, getting the coaches to embrace it and teaching the coaches. And, and it usually takes the first few years where you're teaching every player in the program. But when you get to the point where kids have been in your program and your older guys have embraced it and are now coaching and teaching the younger guys about that, that's kind of when you get going. So um, now as I've gone on in my career, just because it's been part of what I do, I think I found simpler ways to um, incorporate it and install it right. so that we, you know, it hasn't taken four years, you know, when I, when I've switched schools and stuff. And I think that just comes with, with, uh, with the experience, but I think initially it, it, it did take a couple of years to get going and for the kids to really understand it. And I think they did embrace it right from the get-go was, it was something different, but the really, really cool thing that, that, that I like coach is over the years. And, you know, I was really proud of like, we were probably one of the first programs in California when not a lot of guys were, were running, hurry up, no huddle. We were, we were probably one of the first few schools that, mm -hmm. that were doing it, but you know, it's almost embarrassing now to talk about it because everybody does it, right? Like everybody right. you talk to, oh, we're spread, spread no huddle. And so the evolution of the hurry up has been something that really intrigues me, how people are now using tempo in many different ways um, in their offense, because I don't think you can just go play fast anymore. Like it's just no problem for the defense. Defenses don't huddle up. Right. They know how to line up. Um, they know how to signal things into their kids. So, and I don't think that it takes anybody out of their comfort zone just because you're playing at an incredible speed all game. And I don't think that it, it lends itself to being in your favor to play that way. So we found some different ways that we could use tempo throughout the game. Right. It, it, you're, you're 100% right. It's, I mean, you're, it's kind of funny how football is sort of goes around that, that circle though, because now now everybody's talking about tight ends and fullbacks again. And the, you know, the, the, the spread is sort of, like you said, everybody's doing it. So it, it's almost, it's almost, it's almost kind of new, new eras starting to, to slow things down and huddle up again and, and, and take away, you know, dominate the, the time of possession now, instead of trying to just score, score, score. Um, but yes. it, you're right. 
Um, and and so and and the other thing is with just with the tempo is like you said, like you know, um, people are being really creative at how they're using personnel in it, right. whether they're their personnel package and bringing different guys on the field or the teams that are really loaded to the point where they have a player or multiple players on the field that are hybrid guys where a guy could be a fullback and a tight end um, and a, and a slot receiver right. um, or a guy that can play inside and outside. And, and I think you, when you have those kind of pers- personnel um, um, ways that you can, you can challenge the defense. Uh, it's pretty cool. Right. Absolutely. Kind of, kind of a sidebar question or, or a, a, a piggyback question to that first one is, over the years, how much has the offense changed? I know you said you changed the way you've installed it and you've changed the, the, maybe the, you know, the, the nuts and bolts of it, but how much when you really, you, you boil it down, how much is, how much has changed and how much is the same from those first couple of seasons? Yeah. So, so, you know, I, again, I'll probably use the word evolution. Um, there's probably some core things that I believe in that have stayed um, true over the years, but the way that you see them is maybe they're just presented in, in different ways. Uh, so for instance, I would say that, you know, every year there's probably a little bit of the offense that goes out and mm-hmm. something new comes in. So uh, I believe it was Bill Walsh who, who said that, you know, you should, you should uh, adapt or evolve your offense 10% um, each year. So that over a 10 year period, you, you basically have a different looking offense. And I would say that over over this is my 23rd year now as a head coach we've probably gone through two complete evolutions of of the way our offense is and and how it looks um with still keeping you know we do love inside zone i do love incorporating the quick game in different ways so those things are still there they may just be used in different ways and be paired with different things than in the past right i got you okay that's i mean so you know you're not looking you're, you're treating it as, you know, you're evolving as the game evolves, which is how good coaches coach. You're not just saying this is how we're going to run things and we're going to run this forever and ever and ever, and we're never going to change it. You're, you're looking at the game changing and, you know, you, you know, like we talked about personnel is changing and defenses are changing and you're adapting your offense to, to, to fit and to better be able to attack those defenses, which is what, like, again, what good coaches are supposed to do. So um, I think that's awesome. I think that's fantastic. Um, you know, one of the other things I was, I was kind of looking on your, on your biography that, uh, and kind of that jumped out at me was you spent some time coaching, um, up in Canada. Was that, was that coaching football up in Canada? Yes. Yeah, actually. So backstory is I grew, I grew up in Canada Okay. and, uh, so I'd coached high school and then I was coaching at the university of Manitoba in, uh, in Winnipeg. And, uh, I had been doing that. So I, I guess I had an eight year period where, you know, started coaching an assistant position coach, coordinator, um, but never a head coach. And uh, I got to the point where I, I had two things in my mind. I wanted to be a head coach, but I also loved every time my wife and I would come out to California, the climate, the, you know, the weather was incredible. It was kind of laid back. And so I was like, honey, we don't have any kids. We have one dog. I'm going to put out some applications in, uh, in California. And so I put out a bunch and you know, who's going to hire somebody that 
that you know coming from coming from Canada, you you know you're not getting a job in a big time program unless maybe possibly as an assistant coach, but you know you're going to get a job at a, probably a school that needs a little bit of work. And I thought that was incredible because now I could put my own little whatever my philosophies were in terms of working with kids, running a program, I got to put that into effect. And so we did it at Burroughs High School, um, came in, I had my philosophy of how we were gonna work with people and how we were gonna run the program. And, uh, and it took off and it was great. And we, it was, we had just an incredible run there. And, uh, and then it just led to, uh, to some other opportunities as well. So, so here I am now at, at Beaumont High School, but, but growing up in Canada, I was very fortunate to not only play for some really good coaches, who understood how to work with people. I, you probably couldn't have picked a better guy in Canada um, for somebody to work under and learn how to work with people and run a program than I did coaching under a, a guy by the name of Brian Doby, who's been at the University of Manitoba in Winnipeg forever now. Uh-huh. Um, that's, I mean, that's the, the biggest question I guess I have with, with you making that, that, move and that change was was it I mean obviously football is football but you know anybody that's listening knows that Canada's got some different rules and some different you know field field measurements was it tough making the transition or was it just it's football I can coach it it's the the players are the players I'm a coach let's just go yeah I I think you know it was it was probably more that way than like you know okay so Obviously, there's going to be 11 men instead of 12, right. um, but you can only play so many different coverages regardless or fronts. So the fronts and coverages are basically the same. The plays are the same. The only thing different would be, you know, how they how they adjust to motion on defense and and how they use motion on offense. And the fact that that there's, uh, you know, one less one less down there. So you're a little limited in terms of, you know, some of the some of the things that you're going to do down and distance wise, uh, where it's going to not limited, but it's, a, it's just going to be play calling is going to be a little different there. Right. But, um, you know, I, I looked at it more as like, this is just an, an opportunity to, uh, to run a program than being worried about, you know, rules and, and things like that. Right. I, yeah. And I mean, I get that. Like, like you said, it's still, I mean, wherever it's football, still football, you're still going to have the same organizational skills. You're, you're still going to talk to your players the same. You're still going to do, you know, the, the the same basic things that you're going to do anywhere it's just you know those x's and o's that have to be adapted but i mean it's again it's coaching is coaching that's what i've always told people i was i was just having a conversation with somebody who who's who's a, a baseball coach and and he was saying that his his school is is has asked him to help coach junior high football and he, I said, it's coaching, man. You, you'd be surprised with how well you do because it's just coaching. You know, kids are kids with, are kids without everywhere. a doubt. Just, you know, it's it's about building relationships and being being positive influence in their lives. That's what it's about. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, last question I've got for you, coach, and this is this is the one that stumps everybody all the time. But um, <laughs> if you if you could put together a, a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen from guys you've coached um, or guys maybe. Uh, you were just a fan of growing up or, or even played football with who would be on that five person offensive line? Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's usually the response I get. I, I like to throw this one at you guys. So you, you have to really think about it, put your thinking cap on. Well, well, I, you know, I, I would need Mike Webster at center. 
Oh, love um, it. If, if for anything, just how those guns looked, you know, and the fact that you never saw them with sleeves on. Uh, so I would have him at center. Um, let's see. Uh, I definitely would need Conrad Dobler in there because he was just nasty. Um, you know, any, anybody that tells a reporter he's going to eat their family um, should probably be in there. So Conrad Dobler would be in there. Um, who can I pull from the Bears? Because I need guys that are gritty and and could play in any kind of climate. I've got a couple. Of, I've got I've got a couple that I I I love from the Bears, but I'm not I'm not I can't pick your list for you. <laughs> uh, I'm stumped, man. I am stumped. Probably at at uh at left at left guard. Now he played center for me, but I would put him at left guard. Dave Ledesma. Mm-hmm. He played for me at uh, at Burroughs High School. He was our center. Just an awesome kid, uh, worked his butt off, and he's a, uh, he's a chiropractor uh, now, and he runs a, uh, a sport clinic up in, uh, up in the high desert. So there's a guy, I'm, I guess I'm giving him a shout out, you know, okay. obviously never played professional football. Um, and I've got two more, and I'm, I'm, I'm just totally lost right now. <laughs> I guess left, left tackle would be... Uh, um, Ter- Teron Smith, uh, who played at Rancho Verde, did not play with me. Played under Coach Duffy there. Okay. Plays for the cow. Ca- plays for the Cowboys. Uh, long, long body, long arms, and locks guys up, and does a great job of protecting the quarterback's backside um, every time. And then um, going, moving over to the right side at tackle, I would have to pick. And why does his name escape me? But just the fact that, again, he was a, a pretty good football player. He was a pretty emotional guy, played hard for his teammates. He finished up his career with the Saints, um, played at San Diego State. Oh, um, um, Kyle Turley. There you go. Kyle okay. Turley, because I had to have a California native in there as well. <laughs> awesome. I, that's, I tell you what, Webster is – probably one of my top three favorite offense. I'm looking, I'm actually in my office. I'm looking at a picture, an autographed picture of him right now. So, um, and then uh, that's the first Conrad Dobler mentioned though, of the, of the <laughs> podcast. So that's, he's uh, not many people listening. If you know, younger guys probably won't know who Conrad Dobler is, but, but I think my, my generation and your generation, obviously definitely know who he is. Um, my my dad had me watching games when I was really young, and I remember watching him, and, and he had that, that you know, his leg whip. His oh, leg yeah. Whip, where, where if you beat him, he would just basically trip you. Yep, and kick you right in the right in the thighs and knock you over. <laughs> yep. Yep. He, he gets – I tell you what, he gets a lot of – he gets some good pub and some bad pub because he did some horrible things, but he played on that line with, with Deerdorf, and those guys were – they were pretty good for a while. Yep. Yeah. All right, coach. Well, we'll get you out of here. Um, before we, uh, we get you off, do me a favor and uh, drop your Twitter handle and let anybody know uh, any other information you want the, the listeners to know. Yeah. Feel, feel free to, uh, to follow me. I love talking football and, and program development and everything great about, especially about high school football. And that's at coach Steiny on Twitter, Steiny with a Y at the end. Awesome, Coach. Well, I appreciate you coming on and talking with me today. Um, hope everything is well with you guys and, and uh, looking forward to, to hopefully talking some more football with you soon. Thanks a lot, my man. All right. 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you like and subscribe, and you can find previous episodes on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. Thank you.